on a mission, on a quest, on a search for discovering the truth. Join us on our journey to discovering a savior. All right, welcome to your church friends podcast. I'm Chris. I'm your the. So I have a feeling that today we were destined to have this conversation. Sure felt like it. Just even like, man, at a certain time mm-hmm. on a Thursday, feel like I'm just going to get right into it. In a certain place. Yeah, even a place. Yeah. I wonder if like my feeling of what we'll talk about is also on point. It could be. Like, I feel like we, this is a predestined conversation. It's almost like it was um, divinely appointed beforehand. Yeah. So if you're not getting what we're laying down here with this banter, uh, we're going to be talking about, are you predestined? Am I predestined for what? Good question. For greatness. <laughs> That's the only thing I ever hear with that. Yeah. Are you destined for greatness? I only hear, ever hear the question. Um, are you destined? <laughs> yeah, nobody really comes through with the answer. <laughs> like, I'm not that prideful. Yes, yeah. I, I am predestined. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a look at that. But I think the best way to get started is, what is predestination? Predestination, it's a, it's a word that I looked into. I was like, predestination. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen this movie, right? That's where the log comes out of the back of the thing. Uh. <laughs> no, that's final, final destination, destination, right? Which is but kind of... very similar. Yes, because yeah, 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 that is yeah. kind of what it is. And I was like, all right, predestination. What am I looking at? I'm like, all right, it's from the Latin, predestinatio. And the pre is like all fancy, P-R-A-E. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that's cool. What does that mean? And just like, predetermined. Yeah. It's like the predetermined end of something. Right. Yeah. So it kind of is the final destination. It's something that's predetermined that that's where it's going to end up. Yeah, that was a trippy movie too. Yeah, I think. I only ever saw part of one of them, yeah. I think. I saw the first one. That was yeah, it. That was probably the That was one. enough to scare me. I feel like everybody <laughs> from like our generation is just like, don't drive next to those trucks. Yeah. Get away those. <laughs> Seriously though, <laughs> side note, oh, on our road trip, uh-huh. like big rigs and trucks just freak me out. So, you like getting boxed in where there's one in front behind and on either side. You're like, this ain't good. Yeah, that's where like I just panic. And most of the time I'm not driving when we do our road trips, Justine is. Uh, but even then, like we actually switched the role of driving because on our first one I was doing some of it. Mm-hmm. But I would panic too much next to the big rigs in the truck. It's not what you want. No. So she's hey, like, the guy in front of the, <laughs> the guy in control of the car is uh, shaking real bad. Yeah. So she's like, I'm taking over. And I was like, OK, because, you know, on a, on a freeway, it's five lanes. Right. Like you just zoom around them and they're not that scary. But on those uh, two lane highways, like they're just like right next to you. Anyways. Yes. The, the movie freaked me out. It messed me up, man. Which is actually a really cool segue into... It's not. So, <laughs> but looking at this thing of predestination, it's like, okay, where does it come from? If uh, you're not so much aware within Christianity, or at least like on the Protestant side of Christianity, mm-hmm. this can become such a huge argument of people taking different sides yeah. on this topic, which we'll get to what those two sides are in a minute. I just kind of wanted to lay out the general concept of it, and then we'll kind of get to maybe some of that specific. But this predestination, this idea that like God is laying things out beforehand, mm-hmm. right? Determining what things are going to be. And you get it like in the Old and the New Testament, just right out from the beginning in Genesis, you get things like the flood. Yeah. Right? And you get things like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. You even get things like with uh, Joseph and like what was happening with him yeah, and yeah, through yeah, his story yeah. that you get that like 
God was predetermining that this mm-hmm. was going to be the path that things took to fulfill his purposes, both in the world mm-hmm. and in specific people's lives. So you kind of get that just right out the gate with uh, Genesis, examples of from the scriptures revealing, hey, God is at work in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then really, as you move on throughout the Old Testament, the real thing of predestination that I th- see that you get into is more just the people of Israel. Yeah. That out of everything that's going on, like he is calling out. So this is the other term that gets pulled out with uh, predestination is elect, mm-hmm. which that's a fun one. Have you ever been asked like, hey, are you elect? Are you part of the elect? Yeah, no, I've never been asked that. You've never been asked no. that? It's a weird thing because you're like, are you part of the elect? And they're like, I think so. Like, well, what do you mean you think so? How come you don't know? Because mm-hmm. if you're part of the elect, you should know. So it gets into this real weird headspace of just like, well, how do you, like, you, sh- you can't have any doubt. Like, it's just like, it's, yeah. a, it's a weird thing. Shouldn't be. I think it's a lot of people who don't really know start talking about stuff and then it just makes it complicated. Yeah. So I'm going to try not to be that guy. So fill in. <laughs> yeah. Fill in. But you get this idea of the elect. So that's where in the Old Testament you really get the Israelites being God's elect people, his chosen people mm-hmm. to fulfill his purposes, right? Throughout all of the nations. Like he has a purpose for Israel being there and what's going on. So you even get like, yeah, throughout all of their stuff, as far as saving them up out of Egypt, leading them into the promised land, um, him just being the God and saying, hey, I'll bless you or there will be curses. And then, you know, even how he moves in uh, the other nations to come in and bring them into captivity. Like all right, these things right. like yeah, serving yeah. a purpose. A um, couple of other things on the Old Testament that do get kind of weird and tricky is um, you remember the story? Because I, I talked about bringing them up out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. It talks about Pharaoh and what yeah. Pharaoh was going through during that time. Yeah. It's weird because at one point it's like, oh, Pharaoh hardened his heart because he was getting upset. Right. Mm hmm. Well, then not too far away in the scriptures, you get God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. And we covered that in um, the villains. Yeah. Yeah. So that that concept kind of gets tied mm-hmm. into here. Just like, I guess here's the other word that gets brought into is God's sovereignty, right? Yeah. For him to be sovereign. What you think of a king is sovereign over the nation. They're the ruler. They're the one that gets to decide. So it's like, if God created everything, even us as people, does he get to decide what happens? Mm-hmm. So... That's where all these breakdowns come between like, well, what does that mean? Can he decide to harden somebody's heart? Is right. God allowed yeah. to do that? What do you think? Is God allowed to do that? That's a good question. I don't know if he's allowed, but it definitely says that he did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, a lot of what I have kind of follows with that suit when you look at the Old Testament. I mean, a lot of times the big argument of predestination does fall to uh, going back to two individuals who saw it differently, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But when you do look at predestination or predestined mm-hmm. biblically, um, yeah, you see it. It's all over there, and it's throughout everything. Uh, if it rained, God sent the rain. Mm-hmm. If it didn't rain, uh, God uh, withheld the rain or there was a famine. Um, a woman could get pregnant or couldn't get pregnant, and it was God who opened up the womb. Uh, and that's throughout the Bible. Uh, the, we were just talking about that. Yeah. With Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather, God predestines the weather, animal life, inanimate objects. You can see this throughout scripture. Uh, the heart of kings. So you brought up the the other nations that God used. And it, it, like Cyrus. Was Cyrus one or even Nebuchadnezzar. He mm-hmm. was my chosen one 
to do this. Um, so in, even in that sense, when he uses chosen one for Nebuchadnezzar, it's like, was he predestined for this action and these events? Uh, the rise and fall of nations, Babylon being another example right. that it rose for that moment, fell for right afterwards. And then uh, all of this, again, is kind of what you're saying. It's working out God's purpose. And I feel like at this point, it's like, I don't see much to get my knickers in a twist, mm-hmm. right? Other yeah. than like, can God do that to Pharaoh's heart? Like, I feel like that's kind of the only thing you're like, well, yeah, that's, that, that's kind one. of weird, which there's ways of looking at that, um, which I'm pretty sure we did take some ways of looking at that in that yeah. episode. So go back, listen to that. Listen to that whole season. The villain season was fantastic. It was a fun you one. You have a week until the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up your time. It's only like 15 episodes. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> Grind. Um, but then moving from there, then we get into New Testament because God's purposes going mm-hmm. through the Old Testament is that he was going to send the Messiah, right? You get that from the very beginning in Genesis, like, hey, the, the seed of the woman, which were you just talking about that yeah. in the Mary part, right? Yeah. So even from that point, just like, okay, well, something's going to happen. So God's purposes is that that's going to happen. So you get to the New Testament. That's really where the predestination and God's sovereignty is like the coming of Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, the salvation that he brings. Mm-hmm. And then what it is to be like entering into that salvation, right? Because if God's sovereign and this is his plan to save his people, it's like, well, how is he going about that? Mm-hmm. And you might, well, what do you mean? How is he going about that? Well, I think if we look around, there are some people who are entering into salvation and some people who aren't. So right. is God in control of that? Right? Because yeah. if he's in control of everything, do I get to tell him no? Because mm-hmm. if he can change Pharaoh's heart, can he change mine? Yeah. So it, it might seem stupid to ask the questions, but like there is a good like kind of reason for looking at mm-hmm. it. And that's why the, this question was asked. Yeah. Particularly by an individual. Well, even before we get to that individual. Oh, okay. There's uh, the early church. Because mm-hmm. when you get to the early church, kind of what we're going to end up at, they didn't really care about it. No, not at all. The early church, yeah. like you don't get them much talking about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um. Really what you get them is talking the opposite side of them more talking about the freedom. Yeah. Because they were going against like stoic determinism, mm-hmm. which was like, no, everything's set in place and this is how it's going to happen. So like, no, with God, there's freedom. Like you can move, you can will, you can do all of these things. So they were kind of talking in that conversation. Um, but I want to say that you get to, who would it have been? I think it was like Athanasius. I think Athanasius kind of started putting it away and then there's Ambrose and then there's some of these other names mm-hmm. that some people oh yeah I might have heard somebody say that at one right. point yeah. um, and it starts building up from there um, there is a thing I don't want to get into it there's a there's a guy um, Pelagius uh-huh. did you come across him? Uh-uh. so Pelagius Pelagius he sounds like a Star Wars villain yeah a, a Darth Pelagius yeah. <laughs> but Pelagius of course because every, everything becomes an ism mm-hmm. then there becomes the Pelagianism, Pelagianism, and then semi-Pelagianism. Mm. And like, I don't think those ones were too good. I, I, I don't want to get too much into yeah, it. But like, yeah. these things are happening. The conversation is The conversation growing. is happening. And you can see why. Just even in the flow of our conversation, there is a real question as you're reading scripture. Wait, what about Pharaoh? Um, what about Judas Iscariot? Like, right, right. you know, all these people are like, well, what about these bad people who in a sense... Where you know, it was like seemed like this is what they were destined for. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've heard it a lot in, in just in the course of John, uh, Judas being talked about, um, that 
he had would have the same opportunity of Peter did to repent. He just chose not to. You know, that conversation just starts getting thrown out there. So when if us today are having that conversation, it wasn't like worth kickstarting this thing. Right, right. So I'll make a beeline to it and then we can talk about it if we need to pull in some mm-hmm. later stuff. Basically, you get to Augustine. Yeah. And Augustine's really the dude that starts really chewing on this mm-hmm. stuff. And he's the one that really pulls out this thing of predestination of just like, okay, so some people are definitely saved. God has a plan in that. But we also see that some people aren't. Right. So this thing of being predestined, and this is where you can get a thing of like double predestination. Mm-hmm. And this is there, there was some kickback against Augustine for a long time, just like there was kickback against the Pelagianism that I was talking about, which was the other side. So the, the two sides you have, Augustine is just basically like everything is determined by God because he's sovereign. He's the mm-hmm. one in control. He created everything, and he created everything with salvation in mind. So the double predestination is he's predestining some people for salvation, and he's predestining some people for not salvation. Right, right. Condemnation, we, we've even judgment, seen it with a hell, eternal damnation. When we covered Augustine, and I can't remember what, but it was like one of his writings, he said something, and then later down in his writings, he was like, no, 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 I wasn't right on that. It's this. I think it was the Trinity when we covered that in Titus. Or Timothy, one of those books. I can't remember so well. Yeah. I know he probably has a couple things like that, and then I'm pretty sure like Origin has a few things mm-hmm. like that as well. Origin, is, Origin can be out there, which is good to know. I, I only throw that out there as a preface because it's like it's okay as Christians that if we start somewhere and end up somewhere else, it doesn't mean we've lost touch with God. You know, it's just as you dig in deeper, you kind of thoughts change, which. Hopefully people are on that journey. Yeah. That you're able to question the things and mm-hmm. get to know why you believe what you believe and not be scared of maybe having a poor understanding at one point in your life. Yeah. Um but yeah, you have Augustine on the one hand saying, Hey, there's this double predestination, yeah. like God is in control of all it. The Pelagianism is on the other side, which is like, no, you can achieve the moral perfection without God's grace involved. Mm. Like the sin that was on man wasn't like a death sentence. It was more like a sickness. Mm. So God's grace moving in and stuff, like there was just a different way of looking at it. Way more on, I guess the two sides are, free will of a human, that you have an act and a say in your salvation. Like I'm choosing God versus backing that up against some scriptures. It's like, no, God chose you, mm-hmm. which there's scriptures there. And I think that there's scriptures on both sides, right. which is why yeah. it's an argument. And it's not just like, no, it's where are you getting that? Yeah. Um, ultimately, if you know anything about John Calvin, there John Calvin loves augustine mm-hmm. he's he's like an augustinian dude yeah so if you want to get like his roots of like why was august or why was calvin thinking so much of this stuff read his stuff read augustine come back to his stuff I'm like ah yeah. i get it now so really where you get this thing of predestination you end up at calvin and a huge part of what we would call calvinism mm-hmm. would be this thing of predestination there's like the five points of calvinism the tulip so that's where you get like the election coming in okay. and the grace coming in. So basically you're elected and there's this grace and you can't resist it. Mm-hmm. I think it's unconditional election. So that's a you in the tulip. And then I is irresistible grace. So it's nothing that you did to earn the election. And then you couldn't refuse God if you tried. Yeah. And that that's where we, the term double predestination yeah. kind of started kicking in. Right. Um, I think that that was the run through. I, I wanted to do it quicker, but here we are. Yeah, here we are to Calvin. Uh, the big kind of, I guess this is where the question will come in of Calvinism and the other one. Arminianism. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, like the two, because they do have... You're testing me. Yeah, they have two different stance on it. And for Calvin, um, I I found this interesting. He said, uh, because there was kickback uh, to this kind of uh, thought process. And his solution to that was um, the objections to predestination was uh, Calvin uh, cautioned against uh, getting too deep into God's secret plans. Yeah. Uh, That like he emphasized there's a... Some things in scripture we're just not going to understand completely, so don't try to get into to it. It's like a learned ignorance type thing about it, so don't get too much into it. And so that was his kind of, you're questioning this, but don't, because some things we just can't. Like, this is just a thing that we're going to go on from here. And, Interesting. And, I, I, I didn't come across that part. Yeah, so it's weird. And so you have Calvin. I, it's like I can track with it, but then it's also interesting because it seems like, no, no, well, I figured out the part that needs figured out. Yeah. Just don't go beyond that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, no nothing to see here, nothing more. Um, uh, but what you do have is really uh, Jacob Arminius, who then comes a little bit later after Calvin's life, um, and starts reading this, and he's just troubled by the idea of double predestination. Um, so he ends up having four uh, divine, I guess, decrees mm-hmm. that this is how he interpreted predestination. And so his is God decree, uh, decree to create the world and to appoint Christ as redeemer, uh, mediator, and savior to pay for the sins of the world. Uh, the second one is God decree to save everyone who received Christ and continues in their belief. The third one is God decree to give all future persons the means, uh, I, an example, the word, uh, sacraments, and so forth, to believe in Christ, making grace available to all, and that God dis, uh, decree to save particular persons based on his foreknowledge of who would believe and uh, persevere. So uh, he stressed more on the human freedom while Calvinist was more on like divine freedom. Yeah. So uh, touching on that, because you talked about God's foreknowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's the other word. I don't think we brought that one in yet. So you have foreknowledge mm-hmm. and predestination. So predestination, as we're talking, it's predetermined. Here's what I'm choosing to do and what's going to mm-hmm. happen. I don't know why because it's a destination in my mind, it's just like, I'm mailing this letter to that destination. This yeah. is the letter I chose. Yeah. And that's where it's going. And if, if I was to hand deliver it, I'm making sure it's getting there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like, I'm in that process. Um, I don't have a good analogy to carry that over to the other side, but just in predestination, yeah. that's, that's how I get that. But the foreknowledge part, rather than God being, hey, cool, Chris and Murdoch, I'm out of all of the billions of people that I can foresee, you, you're going to get it. I'm electing you. The Arminianism side goes, God is outside of time. So it's almost like he can let all of the timelines run Mm -hmm. without actually putting them into play. Mm -hmm. So he knew that I would choose him. Mm -hmm. He knew that like I would hear something and then I'll go, yes. And I would want to give him my life and I would follow after him. But he knew that before he set everything in motion because he's God. And with the knowledge that I would do that, but also with the knowledge that some people wouldn't, he still created the earth. So like there's a level of predestination there because like he did determine that some people are going to like go right, on both. Right, right. But he was allowing us to choose. But it was just kind of the other way around. Yeah. So you have this. And then again, you go a little further. Wesley would embrace the model of predestination himself. Um, so it starts picking up steam of what Calvin is kind of laying down. I thought that Wesley went Armenian. Well, that's what my note said. Weird. Because uh, 
What churches are the Wesleyan church? I know that they're just Wesleyan Baptist churches. and Methodist. Methodist, that's all yeah. I'm I thought that most Methodist churches are Armenian. He could have switched. You know, that's the possibility of it. You know, he, he I mean, was there. Yeah. He started off one way and went the other way. If you are Methodist. Let us know. Email Chris. Email me, yeah. Uh, but really bringing it all down to is what I kind of like more of where we started with predestination and predestined is when it gets into our salvation, it gets a little tricky for me. Yeah. Um, That's where I agreed with Kyle. I was like, hey, some things I don't mm -hmm. really think that we're meant to need to know. Yeah. Like just the fact that we can have salvation, I'm like, that's good. Right. But when it gets to the gods in control. Yeah. That's where it's like, that's a safety net for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel comfortable. When you, when you think about it, it's God's plan, it's his purpose. Uh, we can trust God uh, because we know that he works all things according to his own purpose and mm -hmm. nothing can could ever interfere with God's plan. And so, like I said, yeah, that, that gives me confidence in God. The other one, it's an interesting conversation, but it's one where I don't know if I'm going to take a side on either way. They both make sense. See, it's where you lean, especially if it's the double, because mm -hmm. the, there is single predestination, which is basically that God does predestine some to salvation, but he's not predestining the others to damnation. Mm -hmm. Like it's the individual's actions. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of, it is kind of playing in the middle and there's a couple other things too, but like I do struggle with the double, double predestination because mm -hmm. it's just like, I know people who have died who have not had mm -hmm. faith and to just think no god god chose to do that to them mm -hmm. like not just like let them have their own path but like he yeah. had his purpose and there's the scriptures that talk about like, hey who are you that if if the potter wants to make one thing for good use and another one for trash use like who are you to like right right get on the potter and like yeah i'm, I'm not god's god's god right but like it really i struggle with that yeah. To like look at people and be like, oh, that wasn't just them and their sin choosing to go against God. Like he just created them to let them go through that whole thing and there was never a hope. Yeah. And that's where I get it to where there's never a hope. Like it trips me out. Yeah. There is one other thing that I tend to land on. It's called Molinism. Molin. Molinism. Molinism. Yeah. From uh, Luis de Molina. They're all named after people. Yeah. I don't want to have a curryism. <laughs> curryism? That sounds bad. Yeah. Um, nobody follow me. Don't create isms. <laughs> um, but basically, that Molinism is like middle knowledge. So is God being able to marry these two things together, that there's the human free will and the divine foreknowledge? And I like that one because to me, that's more God. George is like, he can still accomplish everything that he mm -hmm. wants to accomplish while also allowing me to make my own decisions. Like, that seems more God to me. Yeah. It's not like he needs to purposefully move them or just, like, let me go crazy and just, like, well, I need to know it all before I start. But it's just, like, no, he's allowing it to take place and his things are are, are happening according to his will. Right. I've, I don't know if it came from Heiser, the concept, but it's almost like being on a moving sidewalk. You know those things that are in the airport? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's just, like, everybody's on it mm -hmm. and it's all moving towards the end. Yeah. You can move around however you want on that thing, but like everything's going that direction. It's I, all going in the same track. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's from Heiser, but it's kind of that thing of just like, yeah, no, yeah moving yeah. around, but like God's getting his stuff done. Yeah. I've heard that before too. So I might have be. told you that because yeah. that's been one. Anyways, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's all so kinds of stuff. So many things. And, and when I think of it, again, just going back to like what we were talking about at the beginning part of this was what the Old Testament writers are really conveying is who God is, mm -hmm. right? He's the ruler of all history. 
uh, who can uh, declare whatever he wants for the future before it happens. Um, and what you're really looking at is why they're doing it is because a lot of the Old Testament, as we've already talked about on the show throughout the seasons, is the Old Testament is really stacking up God against the other deities. Mm-hmm. Who is God compared to Baal or um, who's the God that lost its head? Oh, Dagon? The, Dagon. And then all the Egyptian gods. It's like, who is God compared to them? And uh, while the other gods are powerless and can't do anything really with predicting future, knowing time and stuff like that, or setting things in motion, it's like, this is the God who created all of it, knows all of it, and the sets it in high. place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Most High. Yeah. And that's what the Old Testament is trying to convey to us. So when we start, I think, picking little things out of it, it does kind of confuse what really we should be looking at when it comes to God, that he's just, he's the God. And he is God above all the other gods. And all the other deities are like, they're just not that. So uh, with that, um, and all this predestination, let's look at John the Baptist's birth. Because we've kind of been looking at it coming. Yeah. And now it's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we're also going to look at what his uh, dad, Zachariah, said about John's purpose uh, that followed his birth. So let me read that one. Uh, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to her son. Uh, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came uh, to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. Uh, they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Uh, then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asking for a writing tablet. Uh, he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote his name as John. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue was loose, and he began to speak. Pra- uh, he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things they heard. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Just want to point out two things that are completely unrelated to what we're going to talk about. They started making signs to him. Mm -hmm. There's only a few months of pregnancy. Dude picked up sign language real quick. (laughs) And he had a rocket pad. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what those things are called? Yeah, man. They're living the same life. Yeah. 2,000 years ago. It's the same thing. Picked up a tablet and had to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just thinking like uh, with Silas. He's... Mm -hmm. He's like a year and a half, almost two, somewhere in between those two. Yeah. For anybody who has a kid, Miss Rachel is like a oh, big yeah, thing yeah. on YouTube. Like that's how I'm learning sign language. Back to our regular schedule Back program. Back to our regular schedule yeah. program. So we have John the Baptist being born now. And so uh, the beginning part of it just kind of lays out the track of like who's there, who's showing up, and really how they viewed um, children, you know, that they were a good thing from God, right? That's where uh, they said, they had shown God had shown mercy on Elizabeth. What's the face for? I'm just mad because like it's a birth of somebody. I totally could have tied Miss Rachel into this baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have. Want to try? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's just my yeah, funny thing. Keep, yeah. keep going. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm liking yeah. what you're saying. Uh, so you know that these are gifts from God, and that they're seen that way. Um, and so Zachariah and Elizabeth, they continue in uh, their obedience, and they follow the commands uh, to circumcise John on the eighth day. So again, we're seeing that going back to what we've already covered about them, 
they're obedient, faithful people, faithful yeah. people and they're still doing it. Um, and then they're going to name John Zachariah, and Elizabeth says no. Uh, she says, we're going to name him John. I've always found this interesting. There's a few things going on within this that made me stop and wonder sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one is just, it's not uncommon for a woman to name a child in, in the Old Testament. Uh, out of the 46 cases, the mother gave the name 28 times and the father 18 times. Hmm. That's more than yeah. that. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. But the other thing was, how did Elizabeth know it was John? He has a writing pad. Yes. I never put it together of how uh, she found out, you know, whether it was maybe Gabriel showed back up and like said something, but they, they go with the name um, John. And, and then so the people begin to sign to Zachariah uh, like, hey, no one in your family has that name. What are you going to do? Uh, how are you going to name him? And uh, he writes on the tablet, John. Uh, and what Luke is getting at here and what he's showing us, again, going back to the faithfulness of them is that both uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, uh, both of them would rather be obedient to God than the crowd, um, that they were choosing to follow what God had set into motion for that. Um, uh, the signaling thing, too, that you brought up uh, wasn't really out of place because back then, muteness and deafness were like interrelated. Hmm. So they thought that if he was mute, it was, he might have also been deaf. Which that does happen. Which then makes it interesting because if that was the case, and again, just throwing a what if into it, um, that he didn't hear Elizabeth say John. So when you get to like the crowd was astonished that he wrote John, the astonishment and the wonder of who John then was going to be. And even Luke, he adds that little part of uh, for God's hand was on him. That's not the story. That's commentary. Yeah. So if you see the quotes, it goes, wondered in their mm-hmm. hearts and asked, quote, what then will this child become, quote, mm-hmm. for the Lord's hand was on him. It was definitely scriptural speaking on right. the moment. Yeah. yeah. So there's all this amazement. And again, uh, Luke adds all this that people were talking about it because what did Luke do? He went and talked to all these people. Right, right. Like that's the cool part that I'm picking up on Luke's gospel was that when you see events and stories happening, um, he's always kind of throwing out there like, you could go talk to these people. Mm-hmm. This is this is what's here. It's not a fabrication. Uh, this isn't a, a story to kind of lift up who John is and make him almost mythological like all the other God-type deity things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is something where you could go back, you could talk to the eyewitnesses, uh, and he's emphasizing that, that there are so many people there and that they remembered it. Hmm. Yeah, I think looking through it, I'm like, oh, they're all amazed because... They haven't, like, they've been wanting a kid for so long. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, hey, nobody in your family's named this. And they were automatically going to call him Zechariah. Yeah. So I'm just like, dude's got to just be like, man, I have that little boy. And when I have little Zechariah, mm-hmm. for what, how old is he? Like 80 some odd? 100? Like, he's up there, right? I don't know if it ever says how old he is. Oh, uh, no. I think I'm thinking of Abraham. Yeah. He was up there. Yeah. Either way, they're old. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, the whole time, yeah, when little Z comes around. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm just like, what? You're not going to name him Zechariah? Mm-hmm. I guess that's where when things don't say stuff, you can... Because it was a very common traditional thing to do. And that uh, if you look at any genealogy list, you see repetitiveness in names as well. So so this leads to that question that I said, what then is this child going to be? Unless you have anything before that. Is that why we're doing this on predestination? Yes. 
It all makes sense now. Yeah. That whole conversation earlier. The whole conversation is to get to uh, verse 66. Sorry, church friends, but we're going to unfortunately cut this episode right here due to budget cuts and legals. Just kidding. It's really due to the holiday season and allowing us not to record during this time. So make sure you tune in next week for the conclusion of this episode. With that, I'm Chris. I'm Jürgen. And we're your church friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, church friends, it's Chris here to tell you about a wonderful new product that will help you take your eyes off yourself and place them back on God. It's called the Golden Eye. That's right, it's the same Golden Eye from our villain series featured on our episode on Nebuchadnezzar. I used to struggle with seeing myself as the most important thing in life. So I decided to give it a try. And let me tell you, this product really works. The instructions are simple. All I had to do was place the contacts in my eye every morning at 5 a.m. and keep them closed for at least 30 seconds. When I opened my eyes, I no longer saw myself but saw God in everything. My cereal, my cup of coffee, my toothbrush, that person who cut me off, even my dog Bear. Let me tell you, when you see God in everything, you would definitely praise Him like Zachariah did in the Gospel of Luke. With Golden Eye, your eyes go back to being on God where they belong. GoldenEye is available at all major big box stores, so grab a pair and try it today.